We believe running is freedom and empowerment. We believe running solves problems and makes people happy. We even believe that if more people run, the world will be a better place. We believe in running because it is our passion. This is the Big Peach Running Company Run ATL Podcast with your host, Mike Cosentino. And welcome to the Run ATL Podcast. My name is Mike Cosentino. It is my absolute privilege to be able to host this audio affair, but I do not do it alone. Once again, my good friend and our executive producer, Dolomite Dave Martinez, we call him D2, is here with us. Dave, good morning to you. Good morning. Good to be uh, here and glad to have you back here in uh, in our studio. Uh, I did uh, you know the last episode kind of solo and uh, got to see kind of a little bit of the work that you do or probably a lot of the work that you do in prepping for uh, a podcast, putting the show notes together, and just, um, yeah, it, was, it wasn't easy. It you was did a great, a great job, and, and I certainly enjoyed my sojourn, but it is good to be back. We've got a terrific episode lined up. One of the things that we'll do is we're going to talk to Rob Bronner, who's the executive director of the Atlanta Beltline Partnership. Really, really cool. We've had some big names on this podcast. We've certainly talked about big events. We've even made some big announcements, but by far, this will be the biggest project that we've ever referenced. It's a $4.3 billion, that is with a B, a $4.3 billion effort that is going on inside the city of Atlanta right now, a 25-year plan, as you know, D2. But before we get to that featured conversation, I just have to say congratulations, a hearty, hearty congratulations to everyone who did the Thanksgiving Day half marathon or 5K. It was quite a treat. Yes, it, it, yeah, it, it, uh, <laughs> it was. And just to be honest and just open, everyone, we are, of course, taping this prior to Thanksgiving, so we're preemptively congratulating everyone. Um, so we're getting this podcast prepped. Um, before uh, we go uh, on our kind of holiday break, which I'm sure many of our listeners will be as well, traveling um, to visit family. Uh, you know, I personally will be traveling down to Florida. Excellent. You know, getting a, some, some warmer weather um, and uh, running uh, at probably at close to sea level, which will be nice. You know, no A little hills. bit of a change. Yes. Yeah. Well, it's funny. That's why I said that. We have the good fortune of congratulating you, but with modern technology as D2 alluded to, we are indeed taping this in early November as opposed to after Thanksgiving. So congratulating all of you. You will hear this for the first time. You have much to celebrate. The other thing we can kind of tell you, you probably ate a lot over this past weekend. We know we release this episode the Monday after Thanksgiving weekend. So my goodness, we hope you're taking, up, taking us up on our invitation to get on that treadmill, to go outside and go for a run, to get in the midst of your fitness routine while you're listening. D2, with your trip to Florida, some of the plans I have, and I would imagine a majority of our listeners with big plans over Thanksgiving, we all need to be hitting it hard this week as this episode's released to kind of make up for the last four days. The other thing that was really cool and that we already know about, the registration deadline for online registration has come and gone for that race. Yes, that is true. And you shared a statistic with me that I thought was fascinating and impressive. How many people the last day of online registered registration registered? We had, uh, apparently, according to the, the track club, you know, we had almost 900 people that registered on, at the last minute. So on the last day, they registered online almost 900 people. Now, of course, there will still be opportunities for people to register. I'm sure they'll get more at the uh, at the number pickups that'll, that will uh, that have already occurred at, you know, at this by point. By the time we release by, this episode. By the time we release this episode, yes, um, you know, at our stores. So, um, you know, at this point, it'll probably be over 12,000 people participating or have participated sure. in the Thanksgiving Day half marathon. Well, I don't know. I mean, Atlanta wonderfully is known for many things. Southern hospitality, but my goodness... If we're not known for at least a certain level of procrastination, we can go ahead and put that out there because 12 to 15,000 total participants, that means that somewhere between 7 and 8% of the registrants did it on the last day of online registration. I don't know if 
I should say, that's pretty cool or that's pretty concerning. So if you have something you need to get to right away, procrastinate no more, even though that statistic is very much true. Thank you to the Atlanta Track Club. Again, looking into the future, but being able to say with absolute certainty, once again, the Atlanta Track Club has put on a fantastic event. D2, here are some things that will allow us to transition. $3 billion already. That's the amount of money that has been put into private economic redevelopment along the Beltline. Here are a couple of other numbers. There are four different sections of the Atlanta Beltline that are already open. You mentioned before we turned the mic on, you've been spending more time over on the west side. Certainly the east side is a darling child, rightfully so, for many Atlantans already. There is finished work on the north part of town, so four sections already open. There are a variety of parks already open. There is also some things that are going on in the free fitness classes that they refer to as Run, Walk, Go. We have the good fortune of being involved with that. We're going to mention when we talk to Rob and certainly as we do our closing, the Eastside 10K, which is a race that benefits the Atlanta Beltline Partnership and that we have the good fortune of being involved with. So a lot of cool activities. What people might not know, D2, there is an urban farm that is already part of the Beltline and the largest temporary public art exhibition in the entire South is along the Beltline. So there is already so much that has happened. I know you and I will learn even more when we sit down and talk to Rob. He again will be our featured conversation, so do not go anywhere. Rob Brauner with the Atlanta Beltline Partnership comes up right after this quick break. With cooler tips now in the forecast, it's time to put away the short sleeves and pick up one of our long sleeve run ATL shirts or hoodies. The soft light cotton material will feel comfortable and it's also highly moisture wicking to keep you dry and warm. For the first time, we're introducing a lightweight quarter zip run ATL pullover, which includes a zippered pocket and a ventilated mesh panel. Reward yourself with any run ATL shirt or gift one to someone this holiday season. They're available at all seven Big Peach Running Company locations and online at bigpeachrunningco.com. And welcome back to the Run ATL podcast. We have a real treat for you today. In fact, one of the things, D2, that is almost synonymous with Run ATL as a lifestyle in and around this great city is the Atlanta Beltline. And today, we have Rob Brauner with us, who is the executive director of the Atlanta Beltline Partnership. And we've got a cool conversation coming up. And we're not just going to talk about what has happened historically with this amazing project, but we're going to look into the future. We're going to talk about a very cool event in which Big Peach Running Company is involved. But as we set the stage, for those of you who are not familiar with some of the statistics that this project encompasses, it is indeed the most comprehensive transportation and economic development effort ever undertaken, Rob, by the city of Atlanta. And in fact, it's one of the most wide-ranging urban revitalization programs anywhere, I believe, in the United States. Already, it's a, a planned loop of 22 miles for a modern streetcar, 33 miles, and those of us who are run ATL can really appreciate this, 33 miles of multi-use trail, and it's going to be 2,000 plus acres of public parks. This is truly a visionary project. So D2, it is fun to welcome Rob Bronner. And Rob, here's the thing that I know now from having known you, having read your bio recently, this is cool, but your bio suggests this is almost a project made for you. You are a go-getter. You know how to win. In your background, you have national championships as the NCAA level. You obviously have some terrific experience both in the public sector and now in the not-for-profit space. You're an MBA from Go Sweat Up right here locally at, uh, at Emory. So thank you very much for joining us. Thank you, Mike. I appreciate that. It is our pleasure. So tell us about who you are and kind of give us your personal journey first. 
just to help us further set the stage. Yeah, well, well, your introduction was quite kind. Uh, I think I'm, I'm just a guy who's trying to use what, what God gave me to do, to do some good, right? The best, <laughs> it seems the best like that I can. a lot of progress against that. Uh, well, well, we'll see. Got a lot more to go. But uh, and I, you know, so I did move to Atlanta in '96. I've been here for you know a couple decades now, and really got to see the city grow. I did come after, uh, came here right out of college, as you mentioned, at Princeton, uh, I believe. Yep, went to went to Princeton. I did have the opportunity to play for one of the greatest uh, NCAA lacrosse coaches of all time in, in Bill Tyranny, and we did win a couple national Team champions. Yeah. Congratulations. That was yeah. very cool to read about. Yeah, well, thank you. Yeah, I, I came on as walk-on from Miami, uh, where, where I'm from, and I was not good when I got there. Um, fortunately, worked, worked pretty hard, got to start by my senior year, and, and it was just a wonderful experience to be, to be part of that team. Uh, when I moved to Atlanta, I did work in the in the private sector, uh, so I got a lot of kind of business and managerial experience there. I went to business school at, at Emory, but I knew going into Emory uh, that when I graduated, I wanted to use those business skills, and, and my heart was kind of calling me to do something different with them, right? To get back to the community, and had a you know, phenomenal opportunity to come uh, be part of the Atlanta Beltline, which at that point was just words and pictures, right? But I could see in it that there was the opportunity to really have a positive, tremendous impact on the city. And I think uh, so far, so good, not perfect. Lots of things that we still need to uh, to do and get better at, but it's it's really been a blessing to be part of this project. Well, and, and you mentioned coming from Miami and then obviously going to school at Princeton, coming to Atlanta, but one of the things that seems to be pretty consistent in your own journey is taking something that seems like a big ask and then bringing it to life, a walk-on, on what ultimately becomes a national championship team. Having the ability to go from the for-profit space, getting that MBA, and now finding something that is truly representative of not just who you are, but it sounds like what you set out to do when you started in those MBA classes. So now we, we have your role. We have you and your role. Tell us a little bit about what you're doing day-to-day, mm-hmm. and quite frankly, everything you're managing as the ED at the Atlanta Beltline Partnership. Sure, and it's very important to, to point out that there is no single organization that makes the Atlanta Beltline happen. Right, The Atlanta Beltline Partnership, we work very closely with our friends over at Atlanta Beltline, Inc., uh, which is responsible actually for the implementation and building of the Beltline. And the role that we play here at the partnership is really one of support. Right, So we grew out of this grassroots movement, the advocacy effort that got the Beltline started, the uh, philanthropic and private sector leadership that took the community's vision and, and helped really get it out of, of the gate. And, you know, there's there's been a tremendous amount of progress in, in some of the things that have happened recently that your listeners may have heard about. And in September, we opened three miles on the west side. Yep. Uh, so we're very excited that next year's West Side 5K will uh, be on new Atlanta Beltline uh, Trail on the west side. And then in October, we opened up a mile-long extension of the East Side Trail. And so for the 10K that I know we'll be talking about in, in a little bit, we all have the opportunity to finish that race on New Beltline. Uh, but all that progress, you know, we raised the philanthropic dollars to help support that. And so with great partners like the James M. Cox Foundation and Woodruff and Kaiser and Candida, you know, they've all put private money that's really helped leverage the public dollars that make these trail milestones possible. Uh, there's also been through the uh, support of voters in the fall, money through the T-SPLOS, through the transportation yep. sales tax. And so now Atlanta Beltline Inc. is going out and they're buying the rest of the 22 miles. Mm-hmm. Right? So many people know pieces of the Beltline because those are the parts we finished. But the Beltline is not the Beltline until you can get around the full loop. Sure. And so thanks to, to voters, that's happening. We're raising philanthropic dollars. So as that uh, property, those corridors are acquired, we can get those open and have them be interim trails. So if you like to do trail running or, or something like that before it's paved, we'll have those opportunities. And uh, Art on the Atlanta Beltline is wrapping up, which is a, another great, exciting piece. I don't know if you went to the Lantern Parade mm-hmm. uh, this, this past year. And then we're also working on a visitor center. Uh, so we are going to have new space along the East Side Trail uh, that will open up next year where people can come and learn about the Beltline and how to support it. Well, it's incredibly exciting. From the humble beginnings, and, and you're right, we did inform our listeners during the intro about how this as a thesis project really for a graduate student Mm -hmm. at Georgia Tech is is the stage initially and now grown into all of those things that you just mentioned. The other thing that I know now exists is a strategic implementation plan, in fact, Mm -hmm. referenced as the 2030, that is 2030 
strategic implementation plan. And, and it provides a really detailed indication of how the Beltline will be completed in, in three distinct phases. Now, if memory serves me correctly, it's about 150 pages of information with some cool visuals, but a lot <laughs> maps of text, yep. maps, yep. and all kinds of good stuff. But we're not going to go through 150 pages no. here. Your time is way too precious for us to ask you to do that for us. But kind of thinking about that strategic mm -hmm. implementation plan and knowing how often you are pulling back the cover mm -hmm. of that, what are some things that our listeners and those who will be outside your visitor center next year when it opens can kind of think about or anticipate seeing in the relatively near future that are already in that strategic implementation plan. Yeah, so the, the focus right now uh, is certainly on what we say closing the loop, okay. right? So Land and Beltline Inc. is out negotiating with railroad companies to, to get the rest of that corridor so we own the full 22 miles. All right, and right. is the funding secured for that? Or that is. Or in a position where you now can negotiate because you've got the reserves that when the purchase makes sense, you can go ahead and authorize. Yeah, thanks to the city of Atlanta voters and the T-SPOS, that, so that's is, the T-SPOS, that mentioned. money is in hand. And then obviously, you know, we'll be getting working to get those trails open as soon as possible. First in an interim state, which we expect to be in the next 18 to 24 months. So at least people can move along the whole corridor, even if it's not paved yet. Mm -hmm. And then as the design work over the coming years moves forward and funding is raised to pave the trail, then we'll get those those paved. Another exciting piece is the West Side Park at Bellwood Quarry. So some of your listeners may know that there's a future about 300 acre park that will be the city of Atlanta's largest, gonna be over on the west side. Uh, right now, the Department of Watershed Management is uh, busy drilling a tunnel to the Chattahoochee to fill up a two billion gallon uh, quarry for a water reservoir. So that's gonna be 30 days of uh, drinking water for the city, but then around that will be park space. And so the city of Atlanta has committed $15 million to that. And then we will, uh, as the budgets become clear, be raising philanthropic dollars to help get that uh, park open and accessible to the public, uh, which is really going to be a great, a great milestone for the, for the project. But the implementation plan that you mentioned, absolutely critical. You know, at the beginning of the project, there was a redevelopment plan that said, here's where we get in year 25, because this is a 25 year project. Mm -hmm. There was a, how do we get out the first five years? But there was this big gap. And that implementation plan that Atlanta Beltline Inc. put together really maps, it's the roadmap, right? For how the trails, the transit, the parks, all that comes together, how much it's gonna cost. And it's what we use with Atlanta Beltline Inc. and all of our partners to prioritize projects and, and go raise the money that we need. Well, and one of the things I'll call out right away, and Big Peach Running Company is an organization that takes transparency, D2, as you well know, very, very seriously. And for you guys to not only publish, but make that strategic implementation plan so easy to find, put it right there on your website. Again, www.beltline.org, very easy to find. You can take a look at it. If you've got time, I would suggest at least glancing at every single page. You can dive into the sections that most interest you, or quite frankly, I think if you elect to read the whole thing, it will be quite a learning and something that you'll quickly become enthusiastic about the work that Rob and his team are doing. Okay, well, thinking about that website, maybe even a little bit more so, and for those who have not been there, you've got some language on that website that even for the newest of Atlantans or the first time visitor, when you read this, I think you would have to be both encouraged and enthused to make a visit or to maybe commit to spending a regular amount of your discretionary or perhaps even workplace time on the Beltline. And I'm gonna read this very quickly. The beauty of the Atlanta Beltline is that it offers not only modern conveyances and exciting new development, but it is a living, breathing part of our community. Before I go on, mm -hmm. I'm gonna stop there. Sure. Help us better understand, because that's so cool to hear, but what would you say about this project as a living, breathing part of our community? Yeah, I think the Atlanta Beltline, Mike, is it is where Atlanta comes together, right? It is a public space, unlike anything that we've had in this city, that is connecting some of the you know, wealthiest neighborhoods to some of the lower income neighborhoods. I mean, we've been a, a city that has been separated for too long, frankly, and, mm -hmm. and the Beltline is connecting us both physically and economically, culturally, 
And in the living, breathing piece, it's just when you see the activity out on it. I mean, 1.7 million people last year used the East Side Trail. I think we're getting about uh, you know, 12,000 people uh, a week or so on the West Side Trail. Um, it is a, a really dynamic, alive part of the city. And, and when you see people experiencing the city in totally new ways, they're you know, biking to work, they're walking to go to the grocery store. You see folks going down the, yep. the belt line with their, with their grocery bags. They're, ex, you know, they're exercising in parks and on trails. We have a, a tremendous number of free fitness classes that we offer around the Atlanta belt line to help people and residents connect with that healthier lifestyle. And then there are lots of great events and it's not all stuff that we do. I mean, people all over the city, it's a public amenity that it's just becoming an active, integrated part of our, our city. And I think it brings the city to life. Well, it's funny because I remember thinking, this place is so alive. Before I had read that context, and you already referenced the Run, Walk, Go series that we've had the good fortune of being involved with. D2 and I recently were part of this thing that we discussed on a previous episode called the Rob Jones Journey that, of course, was the natural backdrop for something mm -hmm. really, really cool like that taking place. So you're, you're right where it's a living part of the community because of the people who are out there using it. And the work has been nonstop, it seems like, at least for as long as I can remember. So let's go back to that paragraph. Mm -hmm. And now I'm gonna say, here is how it is written after being a living, breathing part of our community. It says, it is not simply a means of getting somewhere, but a destination unto itself. Mm -hmm. I believe that to be so true for so many reasons. What does that mean to you? And what does that mean to you as you come into your offices here every day and know that we're working on a destination? We're not just working on a project. We're not just working on something that, yes, we'll have an expiration date perhaps at 2030 when we can say the initial phases of development are finished. Mm -hmm. But when we think about a destination unto itself, what does that mean to you? It's a it's a place that, and we see it outside of our window. Oh for, you can't tell on the radio, but our offices sure. are, are right on the Atlanta Beltline. So we, we see the people who are coming to the Beltline. And I think it, you know, when you talk to people really all over the region, right, not just, not just in the city, but they will come to see the Beltline, right? And, and whether it's, you know, because the parks that are along it, like Historic Fourth Ward Park or, you know, Stanton Park, or if it's Pond City Market, I mean, there's just, there are a lot of places to go. And people do think of it not just, because it's not just a trail, right? Um, you will use the regional trail network to get there, but it's so much more than, than a trail. It's a public space where there's a lot of great, fun stuff happening, right? There are reasons to go visit the Beltline and, and connect with the city and connect with people in a, in a much different way. Um, the other thing that we've seen, and we see this a lot with, with our programming, and I think the races are a great, a great example, is for people who love the Beltline or, or you know, have, have gone and maybe experienced it in their neighborhood, if it's, if it's running through their part of the city, when we have events in other parts of the city along the Beltline, they will go to those events because it's the Beltline, mm -hmm. right? So they're able to kind of say, well, I, I, I know and love the Beltline in, in my area, and now there's this other you know, cool thing going on on the other side of town. And it doesn't matter which side of town you live in, it's the other side of town. And because it's the Beltline, because the Beltline's a destination, because it's an experience uh, that's, that's really unique, you see people following where the Beltline goes. And at the end of the day, that brings us all closer together, right? That helps to connect the city. Well, and I'm going to mention that in a second, and not that, that you need a PSA or what have you, but you know we have stores in communities that we love to serve, like Kennesaw and Alpharetta and Swanee mm -hmm. and those that would be classified as OTP. Mm -hmm. And it still surprises me, and perhaps it should not, but it does surprise me how many times I have the good fortune of talking with a guest or a group runner who has not yet experienced the Beltline. I'll be the first to stand up and say Atlanta has a tremendous number of great places to go for a walk or go for a run. Mm -hmm. But the thing that connected with me when I read this paragraph is this isn't just a great place to go for a walk or a run. This is truly a destination. Mm -hmm. And for all of you who kind of meet that classical definition of a suburbanite or someone who would have to come into the city to enjoy what the Beltline has to offer, make plans to do so. Bring the baby wipes or whatever you need to freshen up after your walk or your run because it's not just come, find a place to park, get your mileage in, get back in your car and head back to wherever it was that you came from. You need 
to make time to experience, and you'll have to come down numerous times to do so, whether it's the dining, whether it's the park space, whether it's the amenities for kids and families, whether it's the things along the belt line like the art. It truly is a destination. And that's not to take anything away from all those other great places to walk or run, but this is a destination, Rob. You know, I'm glad, I'm glad you mentioned the art because you know, art on the Atlanta Beltline is a, a really special piece of this of this project, and it does make for more interesting and, and appealing public spaces, right? And so to be able to to walk by some truly or run by some truly great sculptures, right, as, as you're moving through the city is is wonderful. And and also if if people you know people like to run in groups, right? So we actually do have uh, run clubs mm-hmm. and, and walk clubs, right? That will meet at a usually a restaurant or, or something along the belt line and so it's a nice group run but then there's a social aspect right because yeah, at the end of the day it's about people and connecting with people um, and we also like to support the businesses along the belt line so if, if any of your uh, users want to maybe or your listeners not only want to go on a run but you know meet some new folks and, and experience some of the restaurants then go to the website and beltline.org slash fit sign up and we've got all of our uh, free fitness classes including the run clubs up there well, and as much as Dave and I like to run, I would tell you, just coming down for a run, you've only and barely scratched the surface of everything that you should make make time to do. Okay, let's go to my favorite part of this paragraph. Okay. This is offer. The Beltline. It offers a chance for Atlanta to redefine what it is to be a neighbor, to be a community, to be a region, and to share all that it has to offer. I think this links back to what you said where, gosh, in Atlanta, perhaps for too long, we've been somewhat separated. Mm -hmm. Or there have been too many ways that you could say that we're a collection of neighborhoods, but we're not fully integrated as one community. But I'm going to let you tease out what that really means, because I think it's poetic. I think it to be true in my own mind, but I would love to hear, and I know our listeners would enjoy hearing, what that means to you who get a chance to kind of look onto that belt line from your office every day and help cast the vision and have input on that strategic plan. Yeah, I think that, you know, I've, I've got a board member, Matt Bronfman, who's the CEO of Jamestown, who I, I think kind of captured it the best, where he said that, you know, until you can move around the full Beltline Loop, it's not a community, right? It's that physical connectivity where I can go from where I live and really experience and discover the city along the Beltline and all of the, you know, really beautiful diversity and culture and you know we are a city of neighborhoods but too often we don't have the opportunity or don't take the opportunity to go learn about all those and go experience all those neighborhoods and all those things that make us um, unique and and I think the Beltline when we talk about redefining itself as a community by being that connecting circle right in town it is creating a community out of a whole bunch of different neighborhoods, right? And and I really think that 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 is the magic of the project. I think it's why it's so important that we you know get the rest of the corridor under control, open it up in an interim state right now, let people start moving throughout the city, discovering new parts of it, because that's when we come together and you start. You know, the other thing is a lot of the things that separate us, um, you know, and again whether it's race, class. You know, pick pick whatever the the divider is. Um, when we start to relate as individuals, right, and we start to have experience with with people, right, and kind of it forces us to break down a lot of our stereotypes, and and that's really the the beauty of the Beltline, both creating physical space and then through a lot of programming that, that we do at the partnership and that others do, creates those opportunities for us to just be people, right, and connect. Well, it's funny you say just be people or to use that term connect. One of the things, and this may be a Southern hospitality thing, and and I do believe this exists across the Atlanta MSA, where runners and walkers are friendlier to each other than what they are in other places. I was in New York a couple of weeks ago, which I love New York, Mm -hmm. and I've run and had the good fortune of being in almost every single major metropolitan area in this great country to go for a run. The people who look up and acknowledge or greet each other as they pass one another is so, so cool in and around Atlanta. But the Beltline, what I have found to be the case, it doesn't matter if you're walking your dog or commuting on your way to work or back perhaps from the grocery store, going for a run for fitness or going for a run because you're running late and you just have to get somewhere more quickly than you would otherwise get if you were just walking. People aren't just giving you the runner's knot 
And I know you're not going to be able to see that on a podcast, but most runners know what I'm talking about where it's just a nod if you look up and somebody's going by, but nobody says anything. On the belt line, it's like this conversation, especially at the busier times, is ongoing. Mm-hmm. If you just want to kind of unplug and be by yourself, this is not the place for you. <laughs> you want to be able to say, I saw some cool people who I would have never encountered in my neighborhood. I saw dog breeds I would have never seen if I hadn't gone out for a run on the belt line. And I saw people using this in a way I hadn't thought mm-hmm. of prior to seeing them do it right in front of my very eyes. And yet everybody seems to have a smile on their face. And is greeting one another as you go by. You're you're absolutely right. And just to, to kind of underscore that, there's so for, some people might know this. There's a uh, police unit, the Path Force, that's dedicated to the Beltline, to okay. patrolling the Beltline. I was not aware of. Yeah, Lieutenant Baxter's the the head of it. It's wonderful. It's veterans. I mean, it's, it's a great group. But they love being on that unit because they get you know they the ride their, yeah they ride their bikes down the belt line. They walk down the belt. It's like people are nice. They smile at us, right? I mean, it's it's really that kind of community. You know, community policing, right? Where there's actually a relationship between the police and, and the community in which they're they're serving. That's been wonderful. And you know, we've had the opportunity at a lot of our uh, events, whether it's been like Washington Park Jamboree or or others, to have that you know police force, that police unit out there, and just to see them interact with the kids and the families. And again, it's it's that connection, right? It's it's creating opportunities for us to come together as a community. Uh, that it, I think prior to the Beltline. Uh, certainly didn't exist as prevalently as they do now. Sure. Well, in Atlanta, so here is my request. We must keep that mindset going, that attitude <laughs> prevailing on the Beltline, and perhaps have it become more pervasive everywhere. We cannot screw that up. It is one of the most friendly places in the entire city. So one of the things that we talked about earlier was the T-SPLOSS, and I do not want to give the sense that, well, goodness, all the funding has already been raised. We don't need any more money. Everybody can put their wallets and their purses away because that (laughs) is not true. So let's just talk about what might be the obvious, and that is that there are ways, important ways, and a need for contributions, Mm -hmm. a need for volunteer hours. This is a $4.8 billion dollar effort that is certainly coming from some corporate contribution, but also a lot of private contributions. Mm -hmm. And even though there are some funds now available to go out and acquire additional parts of what will become the Atlanta Beltline, there are all kinds of other opportunities for people to get involved, whether it's financially or with their gift of a talent or two that they might Mm -hmm. possess. What should people kind of know about how they can get involved and where they can make a difference, whether it's a financial contribution or with their time. Sure. Well, I, I really appreciate you bringing that up because one of my fears is that people will think that, oh, the Beltline's paid for, it's done. And it's like, <laughs> oh, we still got like billions of dollars left that we need to, to get it done and get it done done right. And we haven't yet found that one person who's able to write that $4.8 billion dollar check. check right? well, so, you don't have them here in the room. Dave <laughs> has a surprise for us. Dave, did you bring a checkbook? No, I don't, I don't have checks anymore. <laughs> so so it's, it's always, it was always contemplated to be a mix of public and private and philanthropic dollars. And, and I think the thing that's, that's so important, and you're right, there are lots of ways that people can, can contribute. Um, I think if, if we keep in mind that this, was a, this started as a grassroots movement, right? It is because the will of the people elevated this up to Mayor Franklin, who then turned to private and philanthropic leadership, and you know, we created all the, the kind of infrastructure to get the Beltline going. This is a 25-year project, right? We're going to have, we already had two mayors, you know, after Mayor Reed uh, has a few more months, and we're going to have a couple more, mm-hmm. at least, right? And in order for, to make sure that the city continues to invest the resources on the public side, right? We need advocates, right? We need uh, people who understand the Beltline and, and how things like affordable housing get done, right? Which is a you know, big, big issue, right? That's going to take a lot sure. of money to fix and really uh, kind of innovative, strong policy. And it's going to take a lot of political will. And the way that happens is the people demand it. Right, and whether it's you know the trails or the parks or any of that, they're they're going to need to be substantial public funding sources. You know, we at the Belling Partnership, as I said before, we raise the philanthropic dollars. We we intend to raise you know well over another two hundred fifty million dollars, uh, probably between now and and uh, when the project's complete. Right, but and while we would welcome any of your listeners who can stroke you know six and seven figure figure uh, checks. You know, there are foundations who we go to, but we need the individual uh, 
funds, you know, the individual smaller dollar amounts to help support us as an organization so that we can go raise the philanthropic dollars and to support the programming that is so critical to both teaching people about the Beltline, so whether it's through our tours or Speakers Bureau or, or other uh, you know, collateral things that we have so that people can learn about the mm-hmm. Beltline um, so that they can become those advocates, or the volunteer programs that we do like Adopt the Atlanta Beltline and, and others that help uh, the community take ownership right, and, and invest yep. in the project. Uh, or just going out and having fun, which is important too, right? <laughs> so let's build this beltline, get people to use it in, in healthy ways through free fitness and fun ways through, you know, Lantern Parade and, and Fall Fest and, and other great um, events, the race series. Um, you know, all of those are important to demonstrating the support and growing the love for this project so that collectively, all of us, public, private, community, nonprofit, can be pulling in the same direction to get it done because it is incredibly ambitious. It's nothing like the city's ever undertaken. The world is watching. I mean, there are people from other countries, other cities, you know, if not every week, at least every month, who are, who are coming to Atlanta to see how we're doing the Beltline because they're like the city of sprawl and you all are like creating this walkable, bikeable, connected community. It's like, yeah, we are because the people want it, but we got to continue to want it and continue to to have the uh, political will and, and the uh, you know voter support and the, the individual contributions that help it all come together. So when we think about the contributions, you know, one, and it's easy to say, but I hope people will live this out, that being a consumer, mm-hmm. and in this case, a consumer on the Beltline, however one might choose to use it, feels even better when you're also a contributor, mm-hmm. that you know that part of why you can use it as enjoyably as you would is also because of what you've elected to put into it. Mm-hmm. What are the easiest ways for someone? Your website has so much sure. information, has so many cool activities that people can just simply say, wow, I would have done this anyway. And it's cool to know that my money's going to yep. a great cause and allows me to be a contributor to this. But what would you say is the tip or two that you might give us that will live on this medium and this podcast for a long time past the race that we'll talk about here in just a minute? that now people can even encourage their friends to follow. Well, we have a, we have a great supporter perks program. So if you go to beltline.org slash supporter, uh, when you make a contribution to support the work of the Atlanta Beltline Partnership, we've got wonderful business partners all around the Beltline who give great discounts, mm-hmm. right? So you yep. actually can show up and show them your, your uh, phone and they'll give you 15% off or, or whatever the special is that they're uh, that they're offering. Uh, and again, we, we also have discounts to things like the race, uh, discounts on our, our tours. And then if people want to give of their time, uh, they can go to beltline.org slash get involved uh, and, and find all the great ways that they can volunteer. Because there are lots of ways that the Beltline needs your help. Again, whether it's taking care of it through the Adopt the Atlanta Beltline program uh, or becoming an advocate and, and learning how to go out and, and speak to constituents and speak in your neighborhood and your organizations on behalf of the Beltline. Uh, we have a very small staff of eight people here at the Atlanta Beltline Partnership. Uh, we can't reach everybody in the city, right? Sure. We depend on volunteers to go out and help their neighbors and help their coworkers and colleagues learn about, about the Beltline. So we, those two great ways, beltline.org slash supporter and beltline.org slash get involved, we'll show you how to do that. Excellent. That's incredibly helpful. And we'll put those two specific links in our show notes so people can find them very, very easily. So... That brings us to what Big Peach Running Company might say is certainly a keystone event for us and for the local running and fitness communities, and and that's the Atlanta Beltline Eastside 10K. This year, it takes place, everybody should be making a note of this, on December 2nd, beginning on Crog Street in front of Stove Works. And of course, we'll include all those details in our show notes as well. There's a chance to register for those of you who have not already done so at all of our Big Peach Running Company stores, and there will be a packet pickup in our Midtown store where registration will be allowed even the day before the event. But before we think about, man, you all of us here have done it. We know how cool it is. Let's think about that person who perhaps does not have any history with it. What's the background of this event? And Rob, I saw you out there running. You're not just someone who's gonna help us promote this terrific event and why people should be part of the registration set on December 2nd, but you've probably got your own reasons why you think it's so cool. So let's start with the background. Tell us about how this event came to be. 
you know, the, the event came to be, this is the, the seventh year uh, for the for the Run Walk Go. And, you know, as we started to open up the Beltline, we realized that you know, we should have a race. And one day there will be a marathon, right? Once we get the full Beltline open, I, I can guarantee So there it is. You've heard it. It is an official statement. <laughs> the executive director has said it, so start your training. Yes. Uh, but, it, you know, it, it, we're so excited about how it's grown, right? Because the first, the first year we had, you know, some hundreds of people, and now we're up to 1,400, and certainly appreciative to our uh, partnership with Big Peach for helping us, us to get there. But the thing I love about the, the Run, Walk, Go is that it's not just for runners, mm -hmm. right? I mean, it's very intentionally the Run, Walk, Go. So yeah. we've, you know, we have runners, we have walkers, people with their dogs, people with their strollers. Uh, last year, we had our, our first person in a wheelchair, which we oh, were, you know, really, cool. uh, really excited about. And, you know, the Beltline is an inclusive project and we want the race series to reflect that right and so that's that's really the part that, that i get excited about i mean it's a beautiful course right i mean you're going through a really interesting part of town through old fourth ward Inman park midtown ponzi highland virginia highland you get to uh, some of it's off-road um or not off road, but on the interim trail so if you want to get a preview of what moving around the full 22 miles will look like as we open up the interim trails you can see that when we go uh, back behind Piedmont Park, and then we run through Piedmont Park, and you know it's just a, a really fun event. We've got great sponsors out there. Delta's our, our presenting sponsor this year, uh, but you know at one of our races early on, somebody said like this is this is like trick or treating for adults, right? You, you finish the race, and then you like our sponsors always bring out lots of you know cool giveaways and, and whatnot, and. And it's uh, fun, and we have some uh, adult refreshments afterwards. If, if uh, for those who are over twenty-one, which which also makes it fun, and yep. you know, knock on wood, we will continue to have just beautiful weather. You know, early, early December, and it's a late morning race, so it you know typically a very comfortable uh, temperature for for moving. Well, I remember seeing you out there last year. You're not just sitting behind a desk all the time because you had a pretty pretty solid time, and and Rob maybe. Uh, very humble in both his indication of himself as an athlete now or what is at the finish line. D2 and I enjoyed those libations. The music was terrific. When you get big partners like Delta Airlines, prizes and raffles and things like that that aren't always available at a neighborhood or a local 5 or 10K become very easy and very accessible for all the participants. So I know I personally could not encourage you enough if you are going to be in town on December 2nd that you need to register. You'll get a chance not just to see the Beltline that morning, but all the cool things that are going on with the Beltline all year long. Yeah, and my, if I can just add a, a couple other things that, that make the, the race unique. We do have great shirts, so long sleeve shirts, which I would I think you can see. It, I always love when I'm running on the Beltline because I, I do get to, to exercise on the Beltline is not every day, but often, um, that we get uh, that we get, you know, seeing people out there wearing the, the shirts yep. is, is just, I take a moment of pride uh, in that. You kind of feel like this connection, like, oh, you did that race. Um, but then also, you know, we've got, you know, fun, fun events like the tailgate challenge. So the race is actually on the SEC championship weekend, which is also a lot of the championship games uh, for, for college football. And so we've had a, a number of uh, alumni groups come out and kind of set up tents and grow out and, and all that, which creates a, a really fun experience. And then we have a team challenge. Um, so our, our teams, you can, whether it's your neighborhood, your company, just a group of friends, right, whatever it is, we encourage people to form teams. And then we have awards for the largest team, the fastest team, the spirited team. And it's a, just a real, again, that, that kind of team building, mm -hmm. uh, literally, but it's, it just makes it fun. We try to do things that really help to create that, that sense of community. And then one other piece that I'll mention, I think this is kind of uniquely Beltline, there's a uh, group called the Atlanta Music Project. Okay. And uh, they actually work with a lot of the uh, lower income neighborhoods in Atlanta and, and helping to expose kids to, to music. And they've, I mean, they're, they're all over the place. I think they've performed at Mercedes-Benz and, and such. But uh, one of their executive directors on our advisory board, but they come out, they sing the national anthem, right? So, you know, here we are doing a race on the Beltline on the east side partnering with a organization that's doing great work in many of the neighborhoods along the south and west side of the Beltline. And, and again, helping to form those connections that help to build that community, right? We're all part of the Beltline yep. community. And, and I think it's just a really special opportunity. And 
encourage your listeners to come out. He is Rob Brauner, Executive Director of the Atlanta Beltline Partnership. Rob, again, thank you so much for being with us. You are a friend to the community and certainly a friend to Big Peach Running Company. We'll give you more details and repeat some of what you need to know for the upcoming Eastside 10K when we get right back after this message. Do you hear that? The trails are calling and you must go. You deserve a runcation this spring, so why not join us on April 20th through the 22nd for this all-inclusive getaway designed for hikers, trail runners, mountain lovers, and outdoor enthusiasts alike. Experience a relaxing weekend full of trails, award-winning food, luxurious accommodations, local libations, and a great time with your Big Peach Running Company host. Whether you're a new or experienced trail runner, you'll have a great time. Go to BigPeachRunningCode.com forward slash spring dash break for all the details. Come on out and enjoy the trails. We'll take care of the rest. And welcome back to the Run ATL podcast D2. I have to tell you that we are in the midst for our own organization of what we just simply refer to as the annual planning season. We have an annual plan that gets developed for each of our business units. We have a three-year vision plan that we try to keep updated and, of course, is always changing based on what we learn or what we know or what we realize or what we just have to perhaps do differently or start thinking about. Can you imagine Rob and his team's responsibility with a 25-year project and all they have going on? Yeah, I mean, and the thing is, is as Rob mentioned several times, I mean, it's a lot of this still is part of, you know, you know, with the community's input of what they have to say. So the vision is is there as far as what the Beltline will, you know, what the path is, right? What the what the entire course will be. But what will it eventually look like is really up to these communities and to the voters and just input from the communities. So the vision is there, what it may potentially be, but really it's up to these communities um, and to us as well to kind of provide input to see what it will eventually be. What will the neighborhood surrounding and the businesses and whether it's restaurants or retail, whatever else is there in transportation, what will that be? will be relying really on you know the citizens of the uh, Atlanta community. It is such an ambitious project, but so much has already been done. And at this point, I don't believe anybody would think that it's not going to come to completion and that it's not going to on some level, maybe a really, really historic level, define what Atlanta stands for and who Atlanta and all of us as citizens really are and, and, and quite frankly, you know, what we want to be to those who come and visit or who might ultimately choose to join us and live here. It was really, really cool. For those of you who have not been out to the Beltline recently or maybe have not yet been there, we encourage you during our conversation with Rob to give it some thought. We're not with Rob right now. We don't have to say this because he's still sitting next to us. Please, please, please do yourself a favor. Get back out there again or for the first time. You will not be sorry that you did. So D2, I'm going to ask you, what is a memory you have that would not have been possible, quite frankly, would just not have happened if it wasn't for the Atlanta Bell Line? Uh, well, I have quite quite a few memories um, and some of them, you know, at, you know most recently is going to would be you know, the Rob Jones journey because I don't know that where he would have been able to run uh, safely, you know, uh, and do multiple loops uh, if it weren't for the Atlanta Beltline. So I thought I think that's that's something that's very recent that I don't think would have been possible. Um, I mean, you could have done it, but it would have been you know who would want to run a marathon like on a track or something that's even shorter distance than than what the, the Beltline is right now. That's, that's a great comment. And for those of you who have not heard our conversation with Rob Jones, certainly go back and listen to a recent episode. I love the fact, D2, that it doesn't take long for you to go back and pull an important memory. I mean, heck, that was only a couple of weeks ago. So it's really easy for us to find a memory. There are many memories, and I believe there are going to be a lot of memories forthcoming. And one of the reasons we had the good fortune of sitting with Rob is because the Eastside 10K will be here before you know it. It is on Saturday morning, December 2nd. We mentioned this during our conversation. We're going to do it again. You need to sign up. All the proceeds go to continued development for the Atlanta Beltline Partnership. Of course, this is a 
two mile route, but it's inclusive of time on the side trail of the Atlanta Beltline. It also goes in to Piedmont Park, always a terrific place to get a little bit of a run. It starts and finishes near Crog Street around the market and Stove Works. It's just an awesome, awesome environment on a Saturday morning. Rob alluded to some of the partners. We talked about some of the benefits that are part of the pre-race and post-race celebration. You can register at Big Peach, a running company, of course, right now, or you can come to a packet pickup event that we'll have in our Midtown store. That will be on Friday, December 1st. We'll be ready to go by noon on that day. You can either pick up your packet We'll have some deals and discounts and special offers for those who are already registered. And then if you haven't registered, you procrastinators, you can do that that afternoon at our Midtown store. So gosh, we cannot encourage you enough to go and do that. One thing I thought about D2 was my distant past almost when the Beltline really got going. I had the good fortune with Ben Gray, who's a photojournalist with the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. He invited a few of us to help him do a story where we were going to traverse the entire 22-mile loop before hardly any of the construction had been finished or even started. It was a bush-whacking journey that was so much fun. If I can unearth that video and story that Ben put together, we'll put that in our show notes as well. Let's talk, you mentioned we have a new ad that everybody just heard. Right, yep. Big Peach Spring Break, it's back. I am so amped about this. I know we have yet to even go officially into winter. I'm already thinking about spring and trail running or doing some day hiking in the North Georgia mountains. That ad was really, really cool. You could hear the birds. You gave a sense of, my goodness, this is for everyone. This truly can become a family tradition. This can be something couples can do together and have a memory for a lifetime. It's going to be awesome for office groups. It's going to be great for running clubs. It would be amazing for organizations that want to do some team building and bonding. Wow, we've got two, what I would say, world-class routes that whether you're a hiker or whether you're a really, really experienced trail runner are going to be awesome. We've got involvement from our friends at Fan and Brewing, Serenberry Vineyards, Charlie Creek Farm, some of the best barbecue in the South. We're going to do things besides run, like roast s'mores. We're going to do things that you might not otherwise anticipate, like give away all kinds of cool running gear. There's a lot that's part of this particular package. Yeah, I mean, and that's one of those things that uh, I think a lot of people who may be interested in in going up and exploring North Georgia, but sometimes may feel a little bit intimidated because they don't really know where to go and they don't they're not comfortable, you know, going out and either looking at maps. If, you know, they'll get lost just going down the street. You know, whatever it is, and you know, this is one of the things where it's like you're going to be guided. We 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 know the trails. You know, you don't have to worry about looking at a map or where you're going to go. It's like, we'll be there. We'll guide you. And you can ask us any questions regarding trail running or hiking or where to go and things to do up in North Georgia and uh, in, in the Blue Ridge area. Mike is an expert in that whole area. So it's one of the things you don't have to be concerned about getting lost. You know, just show up. We'll take care of the rest. That's a great point, And I'm glad you brought up the guiding services. The guiding services are going to be terrific. It's not just going to be you won't get lost. You'll maximize your time there because you'll get a chance to see what, you know, perhaps many others don't if they just head off into Fannin County on their own. Well, this has been really, really cool. I know we'll reference that event many times over the next few months. We'll be talking about the Atlanta Beltline many, many times over decades to come. It's certainly been a pleasure being with you again, D2. I'm glad to be back again. Thanks for what you did last episode. That will draw this episode to a close, but it won't be for long. We'll be back in just a couple of weeks. In the meantime, thanks for being part of the Run ATL podcast. And as always, we remind you that we hope and we know that your best miles will be those covered on foot.